you feel like it's invasive to say, hey, have you thought about saving money with our auto loan? And yet when you actually peel back your feelings and look at the, the forensic truths in front of you, your feelings lie sometimes. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Today's a new day. I was listening and you have been heard, team. I heard you say that our members are too old for our products. I heard you say that our members are too broke for our products. I heard you say that our members already have these products anyways, which by the way, if you add all three of those up together, that actually doesn't really make an equation that works very well. Uh, but it, I heard you and you know, we're going to do something a little different. Starting today, we are not going to proactively bring our A game. We're going to start letting the game come to us. No more cross-selling, no more proactively looking into the future of somebody's financial wellness journey and recommending products and services that will help serve them. Today at our credit union, we are going to cease selling. This is the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. I'm Scott Albrecht. My co-host is... Scott Anderley. And today, we're going to pique your interest and explore what if you actually listen to your employees who don't want to sell? What would happen to your credit union if you stopped proactively bringing your A-game and just started letting the game come to you? I love this topic, Scott Anderley. What, what, what say you? Uh, it's definitely an interesting topic. Uh, what about this topic excites you? Why, are you? why do you love talking about the idea of not selling? Are you not a salesperson at heart? Well, you know, sometimes the easy thing to do is not the right thing to do. And sometimes the hard thing to do is the right thing to do. But what we hear, the noise as a manager that you get from your team is we need to stop doing hard work. Actually, the noise that we get from society sometimes is that we need to stop doing hard work. The stoicism that comes from our dad's generation is is lacking in the, uh, you know, eat, drink and be merry society that we we live in today. So as we start to hire these, these new generations of folk uh, who are in this eat, drink and be merry status, mm -hmm. they don't want to do hard things. And hard things is putting themselves out there. Hard things is taking risks. Hard things is putting themselves in a situation where they might feel pushy, rejected, or maybe talk about a product they don't have a whole lot of knowledge on. And so what would it look like if we just listened to them? <laughs> if we just caved in on, on the needs of the employee, then the employee, the voice of the employee is screaming from the, on the rooftops, I don't want to do this to my members. What would it look like if we actually said, okay. Now, yeah. of course, we're being facetious. Of course, I've been to credit unions where this is the status quo. This is why a lot of times we're hired at credit unions because there's a new person over branches. There's a new person over the contact center and they see a, they see a problem because it's hard, it's hard to grow organically if we don't have a growth mindset. So, but I, I would like to maybe play this out a little bit in, in our, in our fake scenario. What's the first thing that would happen? What's the second thing that would happen? And what's the third thing that would happen? So Scott Anderley, what say you? Yeah, first, second, and third thing that would happen if you know we listened to our team and said, 
you know what? You're right. They can get all this stuff. They don't need us to sell stuff because that might feel pushy. So what I think about is first, I think about externally, what would happen to our account holder members? Well, we talk about the idea that we're the financial professional in their life. They've got, our members have so much going on. They don't know all the updates to our policies and products. And we talk about how money is the number two reason for divorce. We talk about how financial stress is one of the hugest contributing factors, uh, a CUNA News podcast said, when it comes to the incarceration rate in the United States. We've also talked about how people with financial stress are 80 times more likely to commit suicide. That's from Duke Health. So externally, what's going to happen if we stop selling? We've already established that selling is helping people. Well, we're going to see that our community is going to be affected negatively by this because they're not learning about products and how to take advantage of all the things we have to help them win with money. And then let's look internally, all right? What's going to happen to us or to our business? And we might notice that if we stop selling, you know, things are going to go well. We're going to be, you know what? Oh man, I am not being stressed. I don't feel like I have to be pushy or do anything wrong. And you know, it's going to feel right maybe for that day or week. But as time goes on, we're also losing potential money and that's how you get paid. So you might notice next year when they reevaluate benefits that your benefits package doesn't look as good. You don't have as much paid vacation time now. You know what? Now they're starting to lay some people off and you're you're short-staffed and now it makes your job hard again. And then the third thing I would say of how this impacts us is our character. There is a book by Michael Easter called The uh, Comfort Crisis. And this goes with what you were just talking about, Albrecht, of now we have this idea of instant gratification. If I want food, I can put it in the microwave and have it done 14 seconds because I don't even like waiting a minute. So warm's okay. And this idea of this comfort crisis is we're so comfortable that we're not applying stress in our lives to get better, to grow, and we become stagnant. You know, the, the idea of stress, you you say this, Albrecht, when we work out, that's applying stress to your muscles. And that's how you become stronger. And this idea of selling in a way of helping people is helping your community grow. It's helping your credit union grow. And it's helping you grow as uh, in character. So when we stop selling, those are the three areas that are going to be impacted. Yeah. So, so let me just recap that for you. Everyone dies at the end of the movie. They're going to go, more people are going to go to prison. More people are going to commit suicide and the world will, and as we know it, just because your credit union decided to, to stop selling. Okay. I, you know, I didn't know you're going to go there, um, but I'd like to elaborate on, on the point that is uh, the internal point. Cause that's, that's the point that I'm the most f- familiar with. I was talking to someone who just took over branches for a large credit union in Indiana. And <clears throat> I kind of went on this rant and I kind of feel bad about it. You know, I, I apologized to him and offered to maybe put some more time on the calendar to actually look, get to know a little bit more about him, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll share the rant with you guys here. Cause that's what they pay me to do on the podcast. I said, people that are in your position are in, are in a really hard spot. Because what position is more important for a credit union than someone that's over the member-facing aspects of that credit union? It's not Chick-fil-A where we've got franchisee owners, right? And so, you know, that person's kind of the face of Chick-fil-A. This Mm -hmm. is like one person who's in charge of every member-facing person at a credit union. 
like the immense responsibility for what the reputation, the brand, uh, the consistency in that brand is for that community, the voice of the community, you know, being heard and how we serve the community and, and their needs is so steep. It's intimidating, actually. And so there's two paths. There's a fork in the road. One is the fork of status quo. This is the easy path. This is the path with the least amount of resistance. Many managers are tempted to take this path. By the way, you'll win a lot of friends if you take this path. You'll actually win more political capital if you take this path. You likely will get promoted if you go on the path of least resistance because there's no problems with the branches. Well, <laughs> there's tons of problems with the branches that you aren't willing to address, but there's no noise. There's no smoke. There's no yeah. conflict in the, in the locker room. And so you're showcasing yourself as a great uh, VP of branches, where in reality, branches are a hot mess. They're inconsistent. Uh, actually, they're, they're pinned against each other uh, because they don't have a, a way of communicating with each other in a way that's effective because you've not... You've not challenged them. You've not grown them. You're actually getting paid to do something that you're not doing, which is growing and developing people uh, and, and pushing them to their highest potential. I just alluded to the other fork, <laughs> which is doing what's right even when no one's looking, doing what's right even when it doesn't actually help you in your career, doing what's right even when it actually starts to cause you to get in trouble. You know, we got a Scott problem. You know, we hired this guy over branches and he he just fired the branch manager for, for this one location. And now he's coming to me and he's got another issue in another location. Like there's, there's always smoke and where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I think we got a Scott issue, right? Because mm -hmm. you're creating noise, unwanted noise, but it's necessary noise because you're, you're changing. Leadership's all about changing, by the way. And so if, if you're in a leadership position, you're getting paid to change others who likely don't want to be changed. And so if you just got a role and you're in charge of any department, that fork in the road is 100% real for you. It's a fork that you have a choice to make every day. Do mm -hmm. I go with the status quo? Like, do you remember National uh, Treasure? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage's dad's like, go with the status quo, Nick. Go with the status quo. And in that case, it was helpful because it didn't get them shot. Uh, so, so in that movie, that's that a little too much smoke. Good. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But in, in, in branch management and contact center management, co collection center management, and any kind of leadership role in the credit union industry, um, you know, growth is good. Uh, so that means you're going to have to have discomfort because discomfort, discomfort is a function of growth. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so not only will the divorce rate go up, not only will more people be incarcerated, not only will more people commit suicide, um, but we'll be paying people who aren't doing their jobs. And as a result, um, the people who are in those jobs that are member facing will start to view their job as less of a serving platform and more of a protecting platform. So here's the kind of the not the side you, you brought up a bunch of science and I love that about you. Here's my observation, and maybe there's science to back this up. It's my observation that in, in branches that don't sell, where the mindset's not cross-selling, the mindset's not proactively financially looking out for the member, it flips. And now I'm proactively looking out for the credit union. There's a fee because we've got to guard our credit union. There's a policy because we've got to guard. They, they turn into more of like policemen versus mm -hmm. someone who's there to actually serve, right? So policemen are here to protect and serve. But I, I, I see more of that protecting than serving in credit unions where they fail to cross-sell. Cross-selling is not an initiative. Or even credit unions where they do want to cross-sell, but for the first 90 days, they focus strictly on the operations.
Mm-hmm. It'd be like if if you're a policeman and the for, for the first 90 days, you just had to arrest people and pull people over because you're protecting, but you didn't do anything in that serving category, right? You didn't do hospitality calls to, to the elderly. You didn't go out and, you know, uh, help out people in the community. And, and now 90 days later, like, oh, and you should also try to serve as well. Well, <laughs> we've talked about on the podcast before where that's just, you're just setting people up for failure. And mm-hmm. so- so, so truly serve people, um, cross-selling has got to be on the table. And so what you see in these, these credit unions as, as it kind of plays out is this protecting mindset means we increase fees, right? Because it, it takes time to send out a debit card and, and we're not making any interchange income off of extra credit cards or debit cards that we're sending out to people that we're getting as a result of cross-selling. And so how are we going to pay our employees? Well, we need to, every time we make a new debit card, we need to charge a fee. Uh, you know, it costs money to do a wire transfer. Are we are we recouping all of our costs for all the operational expenses that go into a wire transfer? You know, we got to make money enough to actually pay our employees. Let's up the wire transfer fee. Hey, you know, this process... Uh, got us in trouble, and you know our you know our loan loss ratio is is affecting our bottom line now. The NCUA is knocking on our door. Well, let's let's be more conservative on the loans that we allow to actually get approved within our credit. And you see, like without mm-hmm. cross selling, we start to tighten the belt and we start to constrict and we we start to conserve. And you know what's next? What Conserv- conservatorship? NCUA is knocking on your door ten years later, saying, "Hey, I think you need to find a merger partner. You're not solvent." You don't you don't have a platform that's sol- sol- uh, solvable with a quick fix. You've you've tried every every trick in the book. Some credit unions might even go to the desperate attempt of refinancing loans that are about to go into the loan loss category, which is illegal or at least not that ethical. And you get your hand slapped for it. And bad bad things happen when you cease to cross sell. Is the point I'm trying to get to. The tip so of that iceberg is. You're not going to be ABC Credit Union anymore. You're going to be yeah. a part of a different credit union uh, that was more proactive. Man, that's some really good stuff. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some truths that we can apply when we talk about selling the right way. Real quick, we're going to take a break and hear some words from our sponsors, Service Star Consulting. Feeling inspired? Want to learn how to coach your department to be a high-performing team? Vertex Live Nationwide is an 11-session live online group that meets bi-weekly. In this course, Scott and I are going to talk about delegation, how to resolve conflict, effective decision-making practices, and of course, how to coach your team for performance. Go ahead, move the movement, and sign up for Vertex Live Nationwide. Click the link in the show notes, and we're excited to see you there. Talked about what would happen if you stop selling? What would happen if you, you said cease fire on the sale? And we've talked about challenges that we may experience as leaders to push selling the way it should be, or that we might experience as member facing. And the two that I really heard you say was talking about one challenge is we have this path of we could be quiet, follow the status quo, and we're not creating smoke or noise. Mm-hmm. And everything seems to be fine. An analogy I've heard before at Chick-fil-A is you've got a really cool sports car. It's shiny. It looks great. And it's, you know, everything's going good. That It's a good branch. But when you open up the hood and you look at the engine, you realize like the engine is shot and everything's broken. And this car is not going to last that long. So, yeah, it looks good from the outside. But is it something long term in supporting the mission? But then the other path you could take is addressing these issues, which is going to create a lot of smoke, a lot of noise, and it's going to be a lot of work. So that's one of the challenges I hear is 
maybe people want a little bit of an easier life. There's a lot of stress already going on. And if I start addressing how we need to be helping our members, it's going to create unwanted noise. The other thing I'm hearing you say is the challenge that we have is protecting versus serving, and it should be both. But if we underemphasize the serving, then what's going to happen is we're going to overemphasize the protecting, which will eventually go against the mission of the credit union because we're trying to, the protecting is about us and it should be about the member. But when we overemphasize it, it's about our business, not about our community. So now that we've addressed these challenges and what would happen if we stop selling, what are some truths that we can walk into why we need to sell and how we can inspire our team or inspire myself to sell when I don't feel like it or I don't think it's best? What are some truths, Aubrey? Yeah, so feelings lie. So if I feel like uh, I'm doing something to my member, then we have to examine, uh, but what what is what is it that we're actually doing? Well, I, I'm trying to get someone's auto loan. Okay, uh, why? Uh, well, because we need more auto loans. Okay, but like, wh- why do we need more auto loans? Well, because our loan to share ratio is out of whack and we got a bunch of deposits and we need auto loans. Okay, but like we're not for profit. So like, you know, tell me more about like why we need more auto loans. Well, I guess because it diversifies the portfolio of products that our members have. Okay, how does that help the member? Well, if they have more products and services, typically they'll stay around longer. Okay, is there another way in which you can benefit the member? Well, typically our auto loan rates are a little bit lower than those of which you can get at a dealership. Okay, are you starting to see like, yeah, we're, we're saving somebody money it, so you you feel like it's invasive to say, hey, have you thought about saving money with our auto loan? And yet when you actually peel back your feelings and look at the, the forensic truths in front of you, your feelings lie sometimes. Like I feel sometimes like, you know, my best friend doesn't like me. You know, we haven't talked in a couple of years. And so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I t- sent up a text message like, hey, you know, did I do something to like, you know, uh, you know pee in your coffee? And Ooh. my my best friend's like, no, we're good. Like, you know, like we're fine. Right. So my feelings lied to me. Like, you know, I thought maybe something was up. Right. And so feelings lie all the time. And so if you feel like your member already has everything, it's probably not true. Uh, let's go to Simitar. Let's go take a look at CU Answers. Let's go take a look at your, your Fiserv system and, and take a look at their membership profile and see if they have everything. Or let's take a look at your financial wellness picture. Right. Like, do you have everything that you possibly could benefit from at your credit union? You work there. And if the mm-hmm. answer is no, then there's a good chance someone who doesn't work at your credit and doesn't have all the knowledge of the new products you're developing, that there, there might be a gap in their in their financial picture. Like, I don't have a trust fund. Yeah. I should. I mean, I could die tomorrow. I got four kids, but I don't even have a kid's account for every kid that I have. I should. Mm-hmm. And I worked in the credit industry for 16 years. And so like, if I don't have it, there's a good chance the mom who's walking in with four kids doesn't have it as well. And yeah. So it's always an opportunity. So, so, so step one, just kind of understand that feelings lie. If you have people on your team saying, I feel like this, is, I'm doing this to my member, not for my member, peel that back and just start looking forensically. At, like what is, what is it that we're actually asking you to do? We're telling, we're telling you to tell a member that it might be inconvenient for them to come into the branch 84 times for this brand new auto loan and that there's a better way to do it online if they don't want to drive in, stand in a line and you know fight snow to make their payment for 84 times, right? That's what we're asking you to doing. And so it's kind of de- demystifying um, 
this this feeling. Yeah. Number two is you you got to actually practice with with the team. So if there's discomfort, it's because they're not they don't have a lot of reps. You know, repetition is the key to all learning. And and I I would I would think it would be poor choice to make all those reps be with live members. Yeah. <laughs> And so if you want someone to sell in a certain way, you should probably pull them aside and practice with them in the vault room. Now, some people like to call this role play, and some people like to roll their eyes when they hear the term role play. So we call it transactional coaching. <laughs> we put a, <laughs> put a little different spin on it, but it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. And you know what? If you role play with me, I'm probably going to be the hardest member you ever had. So that when you get a member tomorrow, it's going to be so much easier because mm-hmm. it's an actual not Scott member. <laughs> and so, so that practice with the manager, is it awkward? Yes. Are you going to get rolled eyes? Yes. Is it necessary to give somebody some confidence in the skill that they've never done before? hundred percent. So, so give them, so first demystify the feeling. Number two, give them the practice. And then when you see them, for the very first time, say, I think I might've found a way to save you money. Like you've been practicing week after week. You've got to say something. If you see something, say something. It's not just for bad things. It's for good things too. Positive Uh reinforcement goes a long way in actually getting people to change behavior. You see someone step out of their comfort zone and take that first step towards financial well-being for a member. You've got to applaud it. Now you're busy. You're listening to this podcast. You're you're on a meeting. You're probably doing both. You're probably listening to this podcast in one earbud. You got a Zoom meeting in the other earbud. How <laughs> in the heck am I going to go out and and listen to my team members and see if they potentially are doing this stuff? Here's a little pro tip for you. Figure out a way to do both. For me, I took my laptop and I hid in the branch. Now, I wasn't really hiding because that would be kind of weird, but I did take a plant, a fake plant, a very large fake plant, and I put it in front of me. I sat at one of the teller stations because we're all short-staffed with my laptop and the plant in front of me. Did some members say hi? 100%. Did some members come up to me and try to actually do a transaction with me? 100%. And I would kindly direct them to the team that's doing transactions today. But because I was in that space, I could overhear every word that they said. When I tried to observationally coach from my office, I, I heard half the situation. Situation. When I tried to observationally coach behind the tower line, members knew me and they, they would start conversations with me. And again, I would I would miss out on a lot of pieces of conversation. So there is an element of being there when you're but you're but you're also not there that helps. But the yeah. best way to measure behavior is in practice. So as you're doing the role plays and as they start to get better at these behaviors, catch them doing things right, right then and there. So if you can't do it live, do it in practice. So step one, demystify the feelings that people have. Step two, practice makes progress. Doesn't make perfect, but it makes progress. You need to role play. And step three, you've got to be actively fishing to be able to catch people doing things right. Man, that's some great actionable steps. Um, so we've talked about the truths and the solution to put through this. And I think this is the stuff that makes you an effective coach. This is the stuff that is selling the way it should be. This is calling out our team to live up to that potential. And what would happen, Albrecht, when we start doing this instead of ceasing to do this? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have more members because because when we do good things for members, they talk. 
when we do bad things for members, they talk. And so instead of losing members, you're going to be growing your membership base, which means you'll be growing your deposit base, but you're not just going to grow your deposit base because they're going to be switching their checking accounts over to you and setting direct deposit up with you. But what you're going to be, you're, you're not just seeking another membership. You're seeking another household. You're, you're, you're not just seeking another loan. You're seeking another lifelong relationship. And I think if you if you understand that, you're setting up the future of your credit union for success. This is Scott and Scott with the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, talking about why we shouldn't cease to do sales. We're excited to talk to you later as we keep diving into this material of being leaders in the credit union. See you. Service Star Consulting announces the new employee bundle. Three classes for the price of one. Your employees are going to get three great classes. They're going to get Credit Union PhD, where we talk about the history of the credit union movement and how the people helping people movement got started. This is going to be the groundwork for our next two classes. Service Excellence, which is one of my favorite, talks about how to deliver that Chick-fil-A-like level service to our members where they know we care about them. And that's not all. We even give you a third class, which is Becoming a Sales Champion, where we're focused on sales the way it should be, helping people. And we talk about skills to present products to our members so they know that we care about them and their needs. This is the new employee bundle, three classes for the price of one. Go in the show notes and click the link and look at these classes for yourself. Again, it's called the new employee bundle by Service Star Consulting.